Hello again, this is Ryan with Client Tether, and I have another episode. I am very excited to bring to you this guest. This is Mr. Dan Ram. He's an international event MC, five times TEDx speaker, speaking coach. He shared the stage with some great people like Barack Obama, Sir Richard Branson. Uh, it's just former presidents. I mean, there's the, the list goes on and on. Just it's amazing what you've done, Dan. Thank you so much. You've talked to so many people and you traveled all over. Thank you for being here. And you forgot to mention now a guest on your podcast, Ryan. So thank <laughs> yeah. you for that. Thank you thank for you. this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. So Dan, you've got quite the story, quite the background. Tell us a little bit about you, how you grew up in, in your history. So the basic opening statement is I am a very ordinary person that has a great blessing and joy of living an extraordinary life. Like everyone else, I grew up in a home, went to school, but I think one critical difference is that I was super self-aware. I realized where I was failing, where I wasn't good enough. I realized I wasn't cool, which really made me sad. I realized that I couldn't keep the attention of my classmates. I realized I wasn't funny. And that's, I don't say in the negative way, because there were many things that I was also very strong at. I was always very curious, always ask questions, always very academic, always a good reader and a studier. But it was that balancing act, Ryan, that made me go, is it possible for me to grow in the areas that I struggle with? And the interesting thing is I have now made a career out of what was once my weakness. So public speaking, being charismatic or creative on stage, working with big crowds of people would have absolutely been my weakest points as a kid. Right. So really, this is a story of personal transformation more than it is a story of professional accomplishment. Right. Right. That's, that's great. Uh, you know, this, this is really about this, this podcast is really about business ownership and mostly I think personal empowerment, which yes. I think you need when you are looking into becoming a business owner in any way, shape or form. So I think one of the things that I, I like about your message is really how to deal with adversity and struggle. Uh, so when it comes to not just business ownership, but life in general, career, school, family, you know, life has its, its uh, disasters and its problems and, and you're going to face them. So, you know, you've had experiences with this. Tell us about that. Tell us about what you've done to sort of overcome and, and combat adversity. Absolutely. So I love what you just said there, Ryan, because honestly, I think the ultimate school of life is starting a business. Right. So whether it's something completely brand new or owning a franchise or expanding, you know, through a joint venture or something, anything in the business world, because, oh, boy, does it test you yeah. and it tests you on a personal level. Right. If you have control of your mind, you have control of your business. If you have right. control over your emotions, you have control over your business. If you have right. control of your personal relationships, you have control of your business. Really, the link is incredibly strong. I have made a career interviewing some of the most successful people in the world, some of the billionaire founders out of Silicon Valley, some of the greatest change makers in the world. And an interesting pattern that I've found is that they're all, almost all of them are also extreme sport athletes. And I think it's that level of determination, perseverance, 
self-discipline in sport mm -hmm. that is directly linked to their success in business. And mm -hmm. sport is just one manifestation of what's going on in your personal life, right? right? So if you have time to take care of your health, you have time for your business. If you're out of control with your own time management, you're out of control with your business time management. So uh, I completely agree with you that the link is actually very strong. As far as, I guess, the DNA of what makes for a good franchise owner, I mean, let's, let's spitball this together. And, you know, as people are listening, this is not a checklist of, uh-oh, I can't do that, therefore I'm not good enough. It really is, oh, I should consider growing in this area. I do honestly think that all of these are coachable and trainable. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think is the most important, especially in the pandemic, is the ability to adapt or pivot. The right. rules of the game keep changing. So if you cannot be an expert on the rules of the game, I say be an expert on being the best player on the pitch. Right. right on the field, be the best you can be. Yeah, and so, so I think adapting the ability to adapt in a quickly changing world is a necessary DNA for any franchise owner or business owner. Right, I'd say perseverance or resilience. I honestly think winners are not necessarily the most innovative or the most intelligent. I think they just stuck it through longer. Yeah. When you get knocked down, which winners and losers both do. Right. The only definition of winner is the one who gets back up again. That's it. Yeah. And so I think resilience and perseverance is another necessary piece of that DNA of what makes a good franchise owner or business owner. Yeah. For sure, I would say, and I'm biased in this, so you can fight me on this, Ryan, but I think communication skills is so important, especially in this day and age where whatever your role is, whether you are a 16-year-old TikToker or the CEO of a well-established business, your online presence is so important. And your online presence is directly linked to your ability to communicate, to right. tell stories. So whether mm -hmm. it's infusing your staff or your team with vision or passion, whether it's navigating a boardroom or a complicated investment opportunity, mm -hmm. whether it's dealing with clients happy or frustrated, it all comes down to communication. Right. So those are my three. What, give us some, man, because Ryan, you've been doing these interviews for a while. What have you found as a pattern, as this DNA? Well, I mean, outside of the interviews and doing the podcast, just working with entrepreneurs and very successful people uh, for the last decade or so, one of the things I've learned is exactly what you said. It's the ability to be resilient and deal with sometimes so much rejection and so many times when your world may be falling down and still being strong enough and having enough grit to bear it and get through it. And I think that that's really the testament of it. A lot of people think, I believe they think it's just talent. Like, oh, they're, they're, they're so talented. They're, they're able to become successful because they're talented. It's, I think that's a part of it, but I think it's like what you said, it's, it's the grit. It's the ability to fall down, get rejected and continue every day to get back up and stay with it. And if you can do that for a long time, years, eventually, you know, there's going to be a light at the end of that tunnel. So I agree with you hundred percent there. And I think it's also down to communication and emotional intelligence. I think you have to recognize your own emotions. Like you said, when you were younger, being really self-aware, aware, aware yeah. of the things that aware of the things that you're insecure about, you know, that, that you're there, that you're afraid of. And I kind of went through that as a kid too. I mean, I was a super nerd, still am a super nerd. So yeah. uh, I, I was very insecure, very nervous, could not talk to people. Um, 
And I had to be aware of that and work on it as I got older. And then when I got into sales and business, I realized really, I really had to throw that out. And I really had to get out of my shell, out of my comfort zone and uh, grow to be successful. So yeah, that's what I would definitely add to what you said. Nice. Great. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things, you know, you bring up in, in terms of just, especially in the last year, obviously we've all faced COVID and the pandemic has just changed things so much. And even though it's starting to go away, uh, it's, it's still going to linger in some ways economically and things, because there are people out there who have, you know, they've lost jobs, they're in a transitional phase, you know, they're struggling in some ways, and you've had that experience in the past, and I have too. So how do you recommend people try to stay positive in these times, you know, if you're facing a transition in your life, or you're looking for new opportunities, but you just don't know where to go? What is your advice for that? Oh, man, I love this question. Can I just say, first of all, this is a very trying time. Right. Please do not uh, misunderstand uh, my optimism and hope as a lack of empathy for what is a challenging, challenging time. My hope and passion for life don't come <laughs> because life is easy. It yeah. comes because of good people, good community, surrounding yourself by the things that keep pushing you forward and not pulling you back, right? Uh, currently, as we record this, we're I'm in India in the middle of a second wave where we have almost 3,000 people dying a day from COVID. Uh, India has just been banned, uh, international travel bans with most countries in the world. And for someone whose career depends on traveling, this is nothing less than a disaster. One on a human level from you know overburdened hospitals and just the plight of this nation, but also on a personal level. So uh, please don't, um, <laughs> don't, don't misunderstand the optimism, the hope. But can I just say, that AQ, adaptability quotient, we know IQ, being intelligent, that's important. You just mentioned also EQ, emotional quotient. That's important too. Can I say to navigate a pandemic, to navigate shifts and transitions in life, which by the way, happen all the time, pandemic or not, you're going to go through these transition seasons. I think it actually comes down to AQ, adaptability quotient. So here are three things that I always tell people as to how to build that AQ muscle. Ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. This is the AQ workout. Step okay. one, step one, you got to let go of the past. Yes, mm -hmm. you grieve and mourn. I used to have a career hosting live events on major stages. We're not just talking production and lights and bands and amazing high fives of big superstars. I'm talking great audiences, the, the roar of an applause, the amazing connection that happens, you make eye contact, you realize you just inspired them to create the next innovative solution that will hopefully change the world. Like all of that came right. to a crashing halt in March, 2020, mm -hmm. when the pandemic finally came to this part of the world, right? Right. Uh, completely. I went, there was no safety net. There was no checks signed by Donald Trump. There was <laughs> no insurance, nothing. Where I am, where my business is based out of the UAE, out of India and in Ireland, there were no supports. Plus, there was no locked-in gigs. This is what happens when you're a freelancer, you have your own business. You don't just have the luxury of a you know certain amount of money that comes in month on month, regardless of whether you work or not. Right. So everything came to a crashing halt. And the first thing you got to do is acknowledge that you're in a time of change. And you mm -hmm. got to let go of it. If you keep talking about the good old days and 
when it comes back and, you know, I'm just going to be in a holding pattern until we have normal again. It's very hard to adapt. So mm -hmm. step one is you grieve, you mourn, and you let go of the past, just mm -hmm. like you would let go of a loved one. The second thing that you got to do is you got to engage with the present because the reality is, Ryan, is for business-minded mind, business people, entrepreneurial-minded people, it's actually challenges that inspire creativity, not comfort, right? right. right. So it is, this is the environment where we win. And so you grab a hold of this and go, okay, what are the problems that my neighbors have? What are the problems that my community has? What are the problems that my state or nation has that I can start solving? So it's really about engaging with the present. So for me, again, as an international event host, I used to travel the world hosting tech conferences. I came back to the question of how do we upskill and elevate everybody during the pandemic? Well, mm -hmm. I couldn't do it through events in a conference center or a convention center. How could I do it? And it started in very simple ways. You just switch on the webcam, go on Facebook Live or LinkedIn Live or Instagram Live, bring on a friend, and we would chat. And we call it the Daily Show with Dan Ram. It's silly. It's minimal, but believe me when I say that in a period of about two and a half weeks, I started having Grammy award-winning artists, billionaire founders on my webcam, wow. broadcasting out of my bedroom on my three-year-old laptop. And I'm not saying that to gloat or boast. I'm just saying that's the power of engaging with the present. Those little poorly produced shows on free software is what caught the attention of fortune 500 companies like HPE, Microsoft, and others who then <laughs> went on to hire me to host their virtual conferences. And in just a matter of three months, I went from having no speaking gigs to then being sold out, booked out year round, hosting virtual events. Was it a skill I had at the start of the pandemic? No. Was it something I was experienced in? No, but that's what happens when you engage with the present. And the beauty of that is it gets you to step three, which is to then position for the future. If you let go of the past, if you engage with the present, you orient towards the opportunities in the future. So rather than obsessing about six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now, oh no, my lost hopes and ambitions of the world that I used to live in, focus on letting go of the past, engage with the present, right? Try a bunch of stuff, see what works, see what doesn't, just try things. And that positions you for the future. Because some of the things I'm doing now in the form of virtual coaching, uh, hosting, doing these masterminds where I'm guiding people. Every second week, I do a live masterclass with people who just want to grow in their uh, public speaking skills. These were not things I was doing before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Hosting virtual events in a green screen studio, owning my own studio on three different continents. These were not things I would even have thought to do. Yeah. But when you let go of the past, engage with the present, you then position for the future. Because the right. beauty of these masterminds is that can grow and be its own revenue stream. And that's a revenue stream we never had before. The beauty of having studios is you can go from hosting virtual events to then doing everything from YouTube uh, kind of vlogs to full out documentaries and Netflix shows. It's the right. same production, but I would yeah. have never dared to go on that, on that road if I didn't do these three steps. So that's what I would say to everyone listening is work that AQ muscle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I think it, it makes you stronger. 
when you when you face these things and i look at whenever i face something i look at it like okay what what, what can i learn from this and how can i adapt and how can i innovate you know through this so working in technology we're always looking at if a customer or a, a prospect or somebody throws a, a problem at you you always have to think about how you can fix it sometimes outside of the box so I think that's the case for, for every business owner, any franchise owner, you have to look at your, the times you're in and the demands and how they change for your customer and adapting to your customer's needs. And this pandemic is an example of that. So, uh, I agree with you hundred percent. So Dan, I want to ask you to, you know, kind of wrapping up here. One last topic I want to discuss is mm. in particular, as you said in the beginning, it comes down to mindset. I think it's it's mindset is is everything in your life. Uh, from the yeah. minute you the minute you wake up to the minute you go to sleep, you know it's all about what is going on in your mind. And I think that, you know, I honestly believe that a lot of what happens in your mind comes out in your life, right? So mm -hmm. if you're not happy, typically maybe you're not eating well, you're not exercising, you're not generally at your a game if your mind isn't there so your mind the power of your mind is so influential on your life so and i, I totally believe that um and I, I think it's 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 not natural for people to be happy all the time but i think it's about adjusting with those ups and downs as they come so tell us about your advice in terms of just mindset hacks for success for business owners what what can they do out there or maybe there's these are new entrepreneurs what can they do out there to really improve their game in terms of their mindset. I am a pretty servant hearted person. My whole existence on this planet is to serve others. But Ryan, there's one thing I am super selfish about. Are you ready for this? It's my morning routine. Yeah. I do not compromise on my morning routine. I would say probably 90% of my mindset is what happens in the first one hour of my day. Now, mind you, it didn't start off as a one-hour routine, and I'm now at the point that sometimes I have the luxury of even a half-day uh, morning routine that I do once a week, right? So that comes with just maturing in your business to a point where you can take that amount of time out. But honestly, my morning routine started with 15, 20-minute hacks. But being selfish about that morning routine is essential. Switching off all the distractions, everything the world needs from you, and you invest in you. And it comes down to two main ideologies. That's why I've committed to this morning routine. The first ideology, I firmly believe you cannot give what you don't possess. So I cannot be calm and peaceful in a chaotic world if I don't have calm and peace in my own soul. Mm -hmm. I cannot be kind and compassionate towards others, including difficult clients or colleagues, if I am not that way with myself. Mm -hmm. I cannot be creative with others if I'm not creative with myself. So I firmly believe you cannot give what you don't possess. That's ideology number one. Ideology number two is I really believe in the power of momentum. It's very hard at three o'clock in the afternoon, if all you've done that day is be on Netflix, to suddenly go, now I'm inspired. Let me hit my most productive hour. It's much mm -hmm. harder to do that. It's very hard if you've been eating poorly, if you've not been exercising, mm -hmm. to suddenly go, oh, I can do my most efficient work now. It's just yeah. not possible. Right. On the other hand, it's now almost nine o'clock at night here in India. I think I'm pretty coherent, even though I've had a full day of work and events. And that's simply because I'm just riding on what I started in the morning. 
So I hope I've given the reason for the morning routine because a bunch of people are going to be listening to this and go like, oh, that's a luxury, Dan. Oh, you don't understand, Dan. I've got a wife or a husband. I've got some kids. I've got a dog that needs attention. I know there's a lot of excuses, but please, for these two ideologies alone, and if you want to be great in business, I'm telling you, if there's anything you're selfish about, it's your morning routine. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to do all of these five things, but I've got five pillars for what I consider a great morning routine. And on the best days, I do one activity for each of these five. Okay. For anyone starting off, pick one activity from at least one of the pillars. But here we go real fast through them. Okay. Pillar number one is to do something physical. You touched on this. But healthy body, healthy mind. You've heard that said over and over again, and it's so true. Here's the other thing you don't know, or maybe you do know. When you work out, it actually rearranges your internal composition of your hormones. You actually end up feeling better, more calm and composed about the day, simply because you worked out. Mm -hmm. So it actually has a huge effect on your mind by working out. So any kind of exercise, whether it's a run, whether it's a walk, whether it's a full-on, you know, high-intensity training or a game of tennis, anything, do something, right? So the first pillar is physical. The second pillar is spiritual. Meditate, pray, be at peace. For me, it involves reading my Bible and praying because it really helps for me to take off the pressures on my shoulder and for me to remember I'm connected to something significantly bigger and better than myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a small part of a very big story. Sometimes we think that we are single-handedly responsible for the spinning of this planet, and we're not. Mm-hmm. And so if we just connect with the spiritual, we'll take some of that pressure off and go, hold on a second, I've got superpowers I can tap into. Mm-hmm. So that's the second thing. The third thing is to do something emotional. Now, right now, I think gratitude is one of those, but take time out to do a check-in with yourself. Look at your calendar for the day and ask yourself some basic questions like, what am I most excited about? If you don't have something in that, if you don't have an answer for that, put something in your calendar that you'll get excited about. Mm-hmm. If the, and then ask yourself, what are you most nervous about? And it's good for you to just mentally prepare for that moment, right? Ask right. yourself, is there enough of the things I love and need to do, or am I just following a to-do list? So just do an emotional check-in with yourself. And I would also say rewire your brain by just doing things like affirmations, right? These are just positive statements you make over yourself or gratitude, recognizing good in your life. Mm -hmm. So do something emotional. Fourth, do something relational rather than going on the newsfeed and immediately going into the comparison world of, oh, that franchise owner, oh, that entrepreneur, oh, that neighbor, look what they have done. What am I doing with my life? Rather than that, find the people that build you up, find the people that love and adore you and spend a few minutes with them, that's all the boost that you need for the day. And mm-hmm. finally, do something creational. Play the piano, read or write, do some Lego puzzle, build a sandcastle, whatever it is, create something. Because mm-hmm. if you invest in your own momentum at the start, it just runs throughout the day. So those are my five quick pillars. Pick one activity from at least one of those pillars, commit 10 minutes and grow it into a 60 minute routine. And I'm telling you, not only with the rest of your day flow, but so will the business flow. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, that's absolutely true. When do you typically wake up? What would you say, you know, when you wake up to do this sort of thing? Are you really super early riser? No, not really. What it is, is I wake up two hours before I'm needed anywhere because okay. my work varies so much. So if I am flying from Germany to Silicon Valley and I arrive at three o'clock in the afternoon and 
I've slept on the whole plane over, then I'll actually do the morning routine at four o'clock when I arrive at the hotel, if I've got to be speaking at six o'clock that evening. So what it is, is I do this as like a, as a pep talk or as a booster to myself two hours before I'm needed to do anything for anyone else. So sometimes it's six o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's four o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's at 10 o'clock in the morning. It just right. depends when I'm needed. So uh, yeah, I guess for people that have more of a, a different schedule, you just have to find your specific time that'll work for you to do that, whether it's in the morning or at night or, or whenever it works. So yeah. Correct. No, I think it's great, Dan. And I also think, you know, one of the things I've read a lot about is just habits, right? So I found myself, you know, some days it's like, should I sit down and watch this Netflix movie or should I spend this hour reading a book, you know, or should I spend this hour working out, taking a walk, spending some time outside or, you know, or maybe just a 20 minute, 15 minute meditation or something. I feel like if, if you just evaluate those things in your life, that could be potential time wasters, you know, yeah. I'm not saying don't go, don't, don't be entertained and go, don't go have fun. Uh, I think you need to do that, but I think it's also about, balancing it with the right things to do. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, life is about balance, right? And it's about mixing the personal with the professional, the introverted with the extroverted. I mean, life is not black and white. You yeah. cannot just be hustle, 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 hustle. I actually just posted this on my story. One important element to productivity is taking breaks. Right. It's super important. Yeah. And so you, it's not just, oh, okay, I'm just an extrovert, so I'm just going to do extroverted things. Even extroverts need time out, and right. even introverts need to engage with others. So it's just about everything in balance and moderation, unless we're talking about ice cream or chocolate, where I'll put my hands up, I'm an <laughs> addict. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no worries there. I, I'm with you there. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally have trouble with those. But well, Dan, I think we should definitely have a follow-up episode. It's been a really great conversation, and I, again, I appreciate you being here. I've learned a lot. I'm sure everybody else has. Um, where can people find you if they're interested in, in working with you or hiring you for a speaking arrangement or a virtual meeting? Uh, where can they find you? So my name is Dan Ram. You can just Google search Dan Ram or I am Dan Ram. So you can go to www.iamdanram.com. That's the website. It has everything about me. But I'm very, very active on social media. So it's just at I am Dan Ram on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. What's important to note is I put out a lot of free content. So you don't have to just engage with me to hire me or to give me money. I love sharing my journey and what I'm learning along the way. I also do lots of exclusive giveaways and contents because I'm blessed with some amazing resources. I travel the world and work with these amazing events. So I'm, I'm eager to share what I'm experiencing. So social media is the best way to do that. Also, the reason I'm on social media is because I want to have conversations. So please don't be surprised if you DM me or private message me and you get a response within an hour. That is not a bot or a team member. That is me. I exist online to add value to people's lives. So please connect online and ask questions. That's why I'm there. And if needed, we can jump on a call. But generally... Uh, I'm just here about helping you, as I keep saying, start now, start simple. So at I am Dan Ram on all social media accounts. Hope to catch you there. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Everybody go follow Dan Ram everywhere you can. And uh, Dan, I look forward to speaking to you in the near future again.
Absolutely. And thank you so much, not just for this interview, but thank you for taking the time to use your network to bless your audience. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for all the episodes you've done so far. Okay. Take care, Dan. <laughs> Bye.